0: All places together a place where stories are shared stories about what happens before us stories about what happens between us and stories that have yet to bloom here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation wherever you are whoever you are however you are take a deep breath Here is a story for you, a story called Not My Favorite. One of my favorite quotes is from Iona of Columba. It says, joy is the echo of God's life in us. Above other adjectives, I am most often described by myself and by others as joyful. My joy is rooted in God's life and love and comes out all over the places in my life. I regularly find joy in the ordinary and happy moments, and sometimes in sad moments too. As you might expect, it is often easiest to find, share, and experience joy in happy moments and places. This is certainly the foundation of the series of interviews that we have been sharing here at All Places together. I've been asking everyone, what is one of your favorite places and how has God been with you there? There have been some raw edges in these stories, sure, but for the most part, they have been primarily positive and, dare I say, joyful. Several times during the month of June 2021, I was struck with a different tension, though, a difficult tension. I continue to have days on which it is somewhat more difficult to find joy days when anxiety or uncertainty about living in a lingering pandemic are consuming. I know that there are many who continue to struggle in these ways, or even more intense ways. So these are the two things that I was holding in tension. First, the interviews have been very encouraging for me. I have loved connecting with our guests, hearing their stories, and then sharing them with you. And the second is that life is not always easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Sometimes it feels difficult, difficult, lemon difficult. (laughs) I didn't make that up, but I think it's just perfect, right? I don't always need a warm and fuzzy story. I sometimes need a darker, twistier story to match my darker, twistier days. So I began to reflect on the opposite of the questions that we have spent the last month answering. What is one of my least favorite places? How has God been with me in that place? One of my least favorite places is silence. I am a people-loving extrovert. The sole exception is perhaps on an airplane or other places when I can't escape a conversation if it takes an icky turn. But otherwise, I love talking on the phone. I love talking on Zoom. I love being with family and friends. I love collaborating with colleagues on projects. I love book clubs. I love parties. And though I am finding I need more time to recover from group gatherings in this lingering pandemic. I am almost always still ready for the next conversation when it comes my way. And when I'm alone, I talk to myself, I talk to my dog, I talk to inanimate objects, I listen to music, podcasts, and audiobooks. And as much as my husband hates it, I need a fan in order to sleep. While I appreciate silence and have learned its importance, I rarely seek it out. It's one of my least favorite places to be. However, there was a time in my life when I was sustained by a few moments of silence each week. As I have shared before, I spent the year in between college and graduate school as a missionary English teacher in Poland. If you want to hear about what coming home was like, listen to episode two, Is Home Still Tome? Today, I want to talk about what I went through in the January of that missionary year. I came back from an amazing Christmas adventure in Italy with a new best friend who was teaching English in Slovakia. We traveled to Rome, Florence, and Venice. We were at the Vatican for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. We saw incredible things. We ate delicious things. It was an amazing trip. And when I got settled back into my life in Poland, I realized that I was not nearly as joyful about my daily life in Poland. In fact, I became full of self-doubt and sadness. I didn't think I was a very good teacher. I missed my boyfriend and my family so much. I didn't have very many friends or social connections outside of the kind interactions with colleagues at school and friendship with my roommate and a few other missionaries who lived farther away. I did go to church each week, and I tried to follow along in my hymnal the best that I could. However, my Polish was so poor that if they announced like a page change or a hymn number change, like I couldn't hear the number fast enough in order to flip to the right hymn. Basically, I didn't know that anything in my daily work mattered. I felt socially isolated, and I didn't even think that my attempts to worship mattered either. I prayed every day for God to help me decide if I should stay in Poland or make plans to return to the United States. God answered those prayers. God spoke to me through silence. Now, this isn't the first time that God has made God's self known through silence. Before I share the rest of my story, I want to share another story about Elijah. Do you remember, Elijah? This is the same prophet that lived with the widow of Zarephath for those three years during the famine that we talked about in episode one. So this is a different part of Elijah's story that comes after that. Elijah is in the wilderness because he is in danger from people who believed in a different God. His God sends an angel to give him food to protect him while he naps. Side note, this is the total sort of angelic visit that I want. Not one where the angel tells me something radically life-changing, the kind that says, stay here. I brought you some cheese and crackers and your favorite blanket. Let me tell you a story that you can fall asleep to. Anyhow, I digress. God attends to Elijah's immediate needs and then realizes that Elijah needs a pep talk. Elijah is ready to give up on God and this whole prophet thing. Elijah didn't think that it mattered anymore. So God says to Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 11, beginning at the 11 verse, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, "'What are you doing here, Elijah?' He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazel as king over Aram. And you shall also anoint Jehu, son of Nishri, as king of Israel, and you shall anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, and Abel Maloha as prophet in your place. God came to Elijah through silence, even through Elijah's uncertainties about his future. Even through the perils of wilderness, and even though there were distractions of the great wind and an earthquake and a fire, through all of these things, God was still able to find a way to connect with Elijah. Elijah felt God's presence in the silence and went and stood out in the full presence of God. And there he received directions from God about what would come next for him. God had more in store for Elisha. Now I'm thankful to say that my experience of God in the silence was not preceded with a great wind, an earthquake, or fire. My experience of God in the silence was preceded with me fumbling through yet another worship service in Polish, filled with prayers of doubts and questions. The pastor had just said the final words of the service and the bells were tolling. It's kind of the Polish Lutheran equivalent of go in peace and serve the Lord. The assembly there, we were all holding a few moments of silence before beginning to leave the church. This is the custom of the congregation to hold silence after the dismissal and before moving. I don't actually know why they did this, and truth be told, it took me a few weeks in the fall to even figure out that this was the thing. My roommate had to grab me by the arm one week and whisper to me and be like, everybody's quiet. You got to be still. Like, don't move yet. So I learned this lesson, so I was holding the silence. But on this particular Sunday in January, I didn't want to. I was ready to go. I was cold because the church wasn't heated. I was hungry and it was lunchtime. I was frustrated. I had showed up for worship another week and I felt like God couldn't even see me. But in those moments of silence after worship that day, I felt God's presence with me in that silence. A feeling of grace washed over me. I heard God's voice say in my heart that God saw me. I wasn't alone that I didn't need to be the perfect teacher in order to have a positive impact on my students, that God still had more in store for me in Poland. I was also assured in that moment that it would be okay if I decided to go home. But I also had hope for the first time in a long time that things could be more than okay if I stayed. So I decided to stay. The second half of my year in Poland ended up being filled with more powerful experience of God, more learning about Polish and and European culture and history, the deepening of relationships. I learned how to do salsa dance and so much more personal growth. I am so thankful that I stayed. And I kept going to worship each week even though I still struggled with my Polish and never understood more than 10 words of the sermon. I would read my Bible, pray, and hold on for those few seconds of silence at the end of the service. In those moments, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God could see me. And I also felt connected to all of the people in the church service who were doing the same thing as me. We were standing before God. One of my least favorite places, being silent, the place of silence, became a place of encouragement and sustaining hope. My mom has a saying that she uses when she's offered seconds of food that she doesn't like. She says, It's just not my favorite. She uses it when she's eaten enough to be considered polite or she's had enough to get the nutritional benefit of it. But she's turns down more because it's just not my favorite. This is how I feel about silence now. I know when I need it, and I seek it out at those times. And when life is difficult, difficult, lemon, difficult, I do need silence. I need that silence to connect with God and with myself. But the rest of the time, well, it's just not my favorite. I wonder how God has been present with you in some of your least favorite places or most painful moments of your life. And if you're in such a place right now, do you see God around you? How can all places together be a source of hope for you when life is both easy peasy lemon squeezy and difficult, difficult, lemon, difficult. A prayer for the not favorite places. God of majesty and wonder, it is easy to see you in my favorite places. The places of natural beauty that take my breath away. The places so filled with love that I can't help but smile. The places of peace that still my fears. It's harder to see you in the places that just aren't my favorite. I don't want to be there, so I don't want to take the time to look for you there. But it turns out, you are there. You are with me. Thank you for being with me in my not-favorite places, too. And let's find a way out of those places quickly and together. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. You can share your story of a beloved place or a not-so-beloved place and how God was with you there by DMing us on Instagram or Facebook or by emailing us at allplacestogether at gmail.com. That's a l l p l a c e s t o g-e-t-h-e-r at gmail.com If there are other stories or questions you have, feel free to share those stories too. You can subscribe to All Places Together wherever you get your podcasts. To continue to see All Places Together grow, you can give through our website. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together and click that button. From there, you'll be redirected to our giving platform, Thanks to everyone who shared as a part of our ongoing sticker campaign. We still have more stickers left. So from now until they're gone, anyone who shares over $5 will be mailed a sticker. Thank you to all of our mission partners, especially the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and people like you. We know it can be hard to give financially, so we celebrate all of the ways that you share the stories of all places together with the people in your life, both in your face-to-face interactions and online, too. This week, we heard from Beth. She messaged us about listening to the podcast with her elementary-age school daughter. They were listening in the car, and her daughter recognized the story of Mary and Martha from Episode 9, Haven of Hospitality. It's amazing what children pick up even when we don't realize they are listening. Beth, thank you for sharing your faith with your daughter and for sharing this story with us. Until next time, remember that God is with you wherever, whoever, and however you are.